Coming up on Rugby Wrap-Up, Chris Brown, the newly named head coach of Team USA's Women's Sevens program. Brought to you by Irish Rugby Tours, the Rugby Tour Specialists, AFIA Sports Training, committed to developing the sporting potential of future players in the U.S., U.K., and across the world. And Dub Pies, Down Under Pies, stop by, say hi, and eat pie. And the Pagan Whistle on West 36th Street. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Rugby Wrap-Up. Matt McCarthy and Steve Lewis at the Fantasy Sports Network Studio 34 here in New York City talking rugby. Steve, we got a big deal here today, right? Yeah, Chris Brown, famous man. Chris Brown, you landed this fish for us. Not at all, not at all. Don't don't you start being shy around me on camera. Steve Lewis, ladies and gentlemen, landed this big fish for us, and this big fish is now the... No longer interim, but yet upgraded to head coach of the Team USA Women's Sevens program, Mr. Christopher Brown, everybody. Welcome, Christopher. Cheers, Mike. Thank you. Oh, that wow. Very, very low-key hello. Chris, uh, <laughs> Chris, this is show 67 of the Fantasy Sports Network studio version of Rugby Wrap-Up, and you were on show two, and you were at this seat right to my left here, and it took you... 64 weeks to become a full-time head coach in USA Rugby's uh, system. Is that because you were of your appearance here on Rugby Wrap-Up? I think it definitely had a big part to play in it, mate. So uh, I'm very grateful for that. So uh, I'm surprised it took us 64 weeks, to be fair, considering uh, where you are with this show. That's true. And you did kill it on that previous show. Uh, but <laughs> no, in all seriousness, congratulations. Uh, but I have a sevens expert. How, can you anybody here raise their hand if they were a national sevens uh, championship coach? Anyone? Can anyone? <laughs> oh, that would be you, Steve. That would be me. Anyway, on to the questions. Christopher. Yes, Mike. Congratulations, firstly, on your appointment. It's uh, great. So um, are you looking forward to now your head man in your own right, your own program? So what, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, very much so, mate. Look, I'm, uh, I've been really, uh, really fortunate to be mentored by a couple of top quality coaches, and uh, you know, I've been waiting for an opportunity where I could kind of dig my teeth in and, and uh, start to lead my own program. And so, this is uh, really exciting for me. And, and these girls uh, have shown um, some top quality so far. Yep. So it's a big year. Obviously, we're going into an Olympic qualification year, and it starts off this weekend in uh, Glendale at Affinity Park. Um, so what, what is the format there with the women? Is it, is it the same thing, top four go through from the World Series of this year? Or how, could you explain the qualification process? Yeah, very much so, mate. It's exactly the same as the men. The top four teams will go through automatic qualification and then the other, well, seven, there'll be other, uh, another seven spots available uh, for the regions around the world and then Japan will get an automatic entry because of the home nation. So it mirrors the men's qualification, so 12 teams apiece, same, same process? Yeah. yeah, exactly the same, yeah. mate. Great. So this week you kick off at Glendale, as we said, and who, who have you got in your pool? Who's, who's the competition or who are you worried about most? <laughs> we've got England up first, so we've got a little bit of video on them from two weeks ago against France in the European Championship. And uh, then we've got China and then we've got New Zealand. So at least by the time we get to New Zealand, we would have had a bit of a, a look at them. Um, but of course, you know, you, you can't neglect, you can't not respect any team here. Uh, and getting England, which is one of the two uh, top nations in the world when it comes to the 15s in the professional game, um, whether they're young uh, and it, whether half their squad is uh, brand new to the series or not, they'll still have some top quality players there and uh, will be 
we'll be up for it game one. Um, I'm sure of it looking at how the girls are going, but they'll definitely be a bit of a handful to start off with. Tough draw out of the hat. Just moving quickly to your team. So obviously, um, girls under Richie finished, I think, fourth in the World Cup. Quite a creditable World Cup showing. So what is the composition of the team? Have you lost some players that have retired? Have you brought some new people in? Um, what, what have you got and what do you like about it? Yeah, 100%. Look, no, we, we've actually been very fortunate. We haven't lost any players. Uh, there's been some players that uh, have fought themselves into to the 12. Um, we've still got that core eight or nine that were heavily involved in Richie's uh, program last season. Um, and you know they'll, they'll play a, a big part in these, these first couple of legs. Uh, I think what's been exciting is through the club national championships, we've picked up uh, two players, uh, Elena Olsen and Stephanie Rivetti, who both played for the, the women's uh, championship team, the surface from San Diego. And then we've also got a young uh, lady, Lauren Theon from uh, Santa Barbara, who's come through the age groups that have pushed themselves into that top 12 spots. Chris, for folks that don't know this, you, you cut your teeth or you, you made a name for yourself really here with the sevens program on the men's side with Mike Friday and Phil Greening. And in fact, you were you know there for mo- most of the time and were a big influence on that men's seven success. What's the difference for you in your approach to the women's program coming off of that? Do you, how, how do you do things differently? What, what are women-specific things that might be different than the men's program? I think the big thing for me, mate, is it's been a brilliant, you know, six years of development for me uh, underneath Mike. And the last four years with the USA team, it's been a lot of, uh, I suppose, self-assessment and and trying to grow and how I want to deliver and uh, how I want to come across and and how effective I'm being in that. So that's that's, that's been done. It's a continual process. Uh, And now coming over to the woman, I don't see it being any different in the sense of how I coach. Uh, I think with the stage that they're at with their rugby understanding or situational understanding and their ability to execute certain skill sets, I think that just that's where things will be a bit different because we'll spend so much more time on that over this first 12 to 18 months. Uh, which is where the, the men, they're already, they've been through that and, and that's just a lot of housekeeping stuff for them these days and, and they're really honing in to getting the, um, the rugby understanding and, and the, the strategies in place. On the excellent Pioneers piece on the men's sevens team, Mike was talking about how different players have to be spoken to differently. You know, you can't, some players need to be barked out a little bit more than others. Others need a, a, a softer approach. <laughs> Mike is not exactly the softest guy on the planet. You know, he's a fire and brimstone kind of guy, like the man to my right here, um, when he's talking Congress, not when he's coaching. But what's your style? If you had to label it a certain way, what is your coaching style? I, I think there's, uh, as Mike has said, there's different ways to approach different players in different situations. And uh, and with myself, uh, I firstly want to be relatable. And actually, if you spend more time with Mike in our environment, uh, he's... He's heavily about relationships, so it's, uh, sometimes the perception is not exactly the same as what uh, sure. what the reality is. And uh, so for myself, look, it, it, it's the relational thing. If I don't have the relationship with these girls, they're not going to listen to me. Whether I'm grumpy with them, whether I'm being gentle, um, putting an arm around the shoulder or saying, hey, come on, let's sharpen up, it's just not good enough. Uh, it changes consistently, I think, on the pitch. It's generally pretty consistent across the board because you've got 26 athletes. Once you get into the office or into the, the video analysis uh, area where you've got three or four players at a time, uh, 
generally it's it's more around the the detailed approach of okay if asking them questions asking them okay if we end up in a situation again what options do you have available what's stopping you from executing here that's probably you know that, that that'll be a big foundation of how we work forward with these girls gentlemen just hold that thought we're going to take a quick break and come right back with chris brown and steve lewis If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig & Whistle, on West 36th Street. Been blind since I was four, and I've never seen a beer commercial or a beer label. None of that stuff influences me. I drink beer because of the taste, and my beer is Pabst Blue Ribbon. It has a taste and the flavor. What do you think's on the label? I think there's a, a naked woman riding on a unicorn, jumping over fire. Oh, that's good beer. And we are back. Christopher, in some ways there's less room for error because you have six tournaments, right? As opposed to 10 with the men. Um, yeah. is, that, is that correct? Yes, mate. And bigger gaps in between. Just sort of periodization is a little bit different for you, um, which is a challenge, but, you know, that's the same for all the other teams. Um, that was a comment rather than a question. It would that's appear. good. I like yeah. that. that was, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm catching up on the vocabulary right now. Yeah, but, but back to the men's um, program. So, so, A, who's doing your role or, or filling in for you right now uh, for Mike? Who's helping him out on the ground? And, B... Second part to this is, how much interaction is there between the two squads in terms of, um, do you grab Mike across for a session or two or Phil Greening across is, you know, great on contact and what have you? Yeah, 100%, mate. Um, look, with regards to the, the men's program, Mike and Phil have started to just split up a little bit initially, uh, so they're coming in at different times, so that there's always a, a top-quality coach on the ground from a rugby standpoint. So that's how it's kind of working at the moment, and they're just finalising what they're going to do post-Christmas, et cetera, uh, for, the, for the long-term plan. Um, I mean, I grabbed Phil last week to do some line-out work with uh, Alev Kauter and a couple of the other ones, which I was, I was grateful for. I think we're hope that, that will be the plan, that would be the, the hope. Um, Mike's been very supportive uh, of, of my aspirations and this opportunity for me. Um, so I, I hope that there's the opportunity there. So far... I've actually, I approached Mike on more so on Ben Pinkelman to, uh, hey, is there any way that Pinky can spend 15 minutes a couple of times a week working on lineouts and some of the floor contact skills uh, as, as Phil wasn't there at those times when we were actually building into this tournament. So uh, we've actually yeah, used a couple of the world-class uh, players that we actually have on the men's side, which have uh, yeah, added something great benefit. And I think, too, some of the players on our side, the girls' side, appreciated it because they felt at a peer level, they felt like they could ask certain questions instead of being as intimidated as they might be with a brand new coach. Since they're all prisoner of sorts in Chula Vista, the men's and the women's programs, do they have like socials and stuff, like a barn dance or something? Do you, do you play the fiddle? A number of the girls, in the, I mean, look, there's a few girls dating the different guys in the team, and uh, I know a number of them hang out on the weekends. Uh, they, they get on pretty well. They're pretty respectful of each other, and uh, which, which is great to see. And I, I hope they will, will get closer with the relationships of, the, of myself and, and the, the men's coaches, if that makes sense. How's the preparation this week? I mean, I hear it's, the weather would bring 
tears to a glass eye is what I hear Denver's <laughs> like at the moment. Pretty chilly. <laughs> we were, uh, we're actually in uh, Colorado Springs and we're down at the Air Force Base and that's another 1,000 metres higher from what I understand and it was mm. 27 degrees yesterday morning at 10.30. So uh, we had to go inside into a, a big uh, basketball gymnasium and, uh, and change things up. But look, this morning it was, I think it was uh, 40, 44, 45 degrees. Uh, there's no wind though, and the sun's out, so so it's not bad. And over the weekend, it's meant to be uh, mid to late 50s, early 60s. So I don't think there'll be any excuse there. How's Olive Kelter's health? She's good to go, 100% full full go. She's uh, played two fully live scrimmages and about six uh, full full on contact housekeeping sessions. So she's um, she's hungry. She's Olive Kelter. So. <laughs> Excellent. I got to ask you a hard question. Uh, I know that Steve's going to be shocked by this. But what are the metrics for you? Have, have, has anything been handed down from above to say, okay, Chris, you have to win X games, you have to win X tournaments going forward to, you know, right through the, the Olympics in 2020? Because there hasn't been a lot of that as far as from the outside, you can tell. There hasn't been, say, you got to win X, Y, and Z. There's an expectation that we will finish top four this season. Uh, and if we don't finish top four in the World Series, then it'll be a disappointment. From our standpoint, we're focusing a lot more on the key performance indicators, uh, you know, how much position we hold, how many missed tackles, what's our completion rate. Uh, those sort of numbers uh, across the board, there's probably 15 key indicators that we'll be looking at. And the more those get into a position where they are competing for that one, two or three spot on the World Series in those areas, then the results will take care of themselves. Um, so for us, as I say, look, I know top four is kind of a non-negotiable based off what I'm being communicated, uh, which which is a nice little challenge. I, I think what the, the Gills have done under Richie this last 12 months especially is they've grown in unity and they've also uh, their level of application or consistency of application in these last three tournaments has been quality. Um, hopefully what I can bring to the party is is more insight on strategic play and positioning and executing the, the skill sets that so that they can actually play that game plan and then we'll start to push the likes of Australia, uh, France, uh, Canada and, and win more of our fair share and, and start to really hone in on that, that that top team, which, uh, you know, New Zealand's a bit of a step above uh, in consistency at the moment compared to the rest. The expectation is top four finish from my director. Okay. Put it that All way. Right. There's something, right? <laughs> yeah, but, it's, it's, you um, but you've, you've got to be confident going in here. I mean, um, sort of knowing some of your personnel there, you've got, you've got some talent across the board, you know, Tapper, Thomas, um, Ember, you've got some pace there, you've got Alev, you got Nicole Heverland, two good ball players. You got some size, Gustatus and uh, Jordan Gray. You, you, you pretty yeah. much got a full package there to work with. Plus your your newcomers, and that adds pressure, yeah. right? There's an expe- <laughs> there's an expectation by the American fan that may or may not be privy to a lot of the stuff that goes on, but there is an expectation yeah. with these stars that are these blossoming stars that you got to win. And, and you're right. I mean, we are very fortunate to have a left counter back fit and healthy. She's a world class player. Uh, she's only four years in the game, which is uh, you know a lot of credit to her, considering her soccer and ice hockey background. And the other names are, are all valid, as, you, as you've shared, and, and they're X-factor players in different ways. Um, getting a group of girls to unite and actually utilise their strengths at the right time is, is the key for me. And and that's also on the on you flip it on the other side. Cause we're talking about uh, X-factor world world uh, beaters in different ways. Uh, 
of ball in hand. But if you look at statistics and the way that they defended last year, there was multiple, multiple first phase tries scored against them. Uh, consistent over chasing and out of position defensively. When they had the ball, which we saw in the World Cup, which we saw in Paris, they were very, very hard to handle. And I don't plan to uh, shift the focus there much at all other than hopefully expand on those attacking uh, positives that they're already doing. But for us to realistically start to control games, we, we have to sort our defence out and we have to become a team that doesn't allow first, fight, uh, first phase tries in and we have multiple five, six phase uh, blocks where you know, it doesn't matter what the attack's throwing at us, we, we have that confidence and that belief that we can go five, six phases without being scored against. Well, um, I'll be there, Bright Eye Bushy Tails, Saturday morning. So looking forward to seeing <laughs> you in action and wish you all the best and uh, the girls all the best, obviously. So hopefully a good weekend for the Women's Eagles Sevens. And if you guys need to relax and get away from Sevens, is this Friday night, Michigan, at Michigan State, the biggest sports rivalry on the planet, Friday Night Lights, 7 p.m., on Next Level Rugby's YouTube channel. Yours truly will be there in East Lansing. And if you want to watch some, some college rugby and a great rivalry throughout the years, this is the one. Uh, but on that note, uh, thank you, Chris. Congratulations. Thank you, Mr. Steve Lewis. As always, I'm Matt McCarthy. On behalf of both of these gentlemen, or Rugby Wrap-Up at the Fantasy Sports Network, Studio 34 in Midtown Manhattan, signing off.